0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to CB Radio. Hope you guys enjoyed our last episode with Dr. Hitesh, and hopefully it clarified some of the misconceptions around the coronavirus. Well, today I'm delighted to bring you not one, but two very fun individuals on this podcast. This globe-trotting power couple has held top positions and has led multicultural teams in London, Milan, Doha, Sydney, just to name a few. Both very accomplished in their own right. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Abhilasha and Vijay Kashyap on the show. Welcome to the show, Abhi and Vijay. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Kesha. Thank you for having us.
0: How are you guys doing today? Enough water? Have you managed to have a bath? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Now the first thing I do is see there's water, run, and have a shower. Uh, before it runs out. But actually, last week has been pretty good, to be honest.
0: <laughs> you know, I have this joke. I say, like every day, I woke, I wake up to two messages on my phone. One from my mother wishing me good morning, and the second is from Vijay saying, "Pani khatam ho gaya.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Keshav, I have become so domesticated. The first thing I do when I wake up is not to think about life, think about the big issues. The first thing is to fill water using the aqua guard. <laughs> and make sure that everything that we have for drinking is complete. You know, okay. that's my mission purpose in life these days.
0: <laughs> something but, to look know, forward you, to. Something to look forward mm-hmm. to. But okay, but absolutely. putting aside the water related perks on the topmost floor in our tower, how have you guys enjoyed your stay at CB uh,
2: I think uh, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. And uh, why I say that is because I moved uh, alone first. And I was alone for six months before Vijay joined me. And I was coming back from Sydney, a bit scary, and you know how everything that could go wrong went wrong. But the the community has been extremely supportive, and I'm really thankful to the WhatsApp group. You know, you could ask any question at any point. Uh, the master chefs, I have to compliment them. They have made my life so easy. You you, know, you could order amazing food, uh, and uh, and people reached out to me. In fact, that was really really
0: nice. No, that's great. That's great. You know. To keep this positive spirit going, you know, uh, I know we'll talk about all your, you know, uh, stays across the world and, you know, what you guys do. But just if one thing, since it's a CD related podcast, you know, I'm going to ask you one question. You know, what are some experiences at Crescent Bay which are either comparable or very different, you know, that you would place it alongside some of the other world class complexes that you guys have stayed in?
1: Okay, let me take a shot at that. Uh, since we've you know been around the the globe and stayed in different places, uh, I think on a positive side, you know uh, the Crescent big community stands out as the single uh, strongest and most cohesive community of social living that we have experienced. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We were in Mumbai before we migrated and went on a a worldwide journey. And Mumbai was always uh, known for its individuality, which is a polite way of saying that nobody gave a stuffing about somebody else. When we came to Crescent Bay, what we found that the whole sense of community was very strong. People genuinely wanted to support each other and I find it a rarity uh, in Mumbai, in India, in city living, in general, anywhere in the world. Because whether you live in Sydney or London, you don't know who your neighbors are. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a few days ago, somebody's uh, parents were not well, and they asked for an oxygen uh, mm-hmm. uh, cylinder on the WhatsApp group. And I was so amazed to see immediately there were six responses. Somebody said, I have something. And I'm sure those people don't even know each other. No, so I think
0: that I found to be a
1: huge plus.
0: No, from... I'll add to that song. I'll add to that song. Sorry, uh, you know, uh, I'll add to that song. I've been in multiple <laughs> complexes within Bombay itself, right, you know? Uh, and I've been in Bombay now for right. the last 15 years or so, right? And I don't remember, uh, I have not been in touch with any of my neighbors. So I think I agree with you, you know, for the longest time, I thought maybe, you know, because now I'm older, I have a kid and, you know, I've bought a place. Maybe that has changed. But now you guys, you know, don't qualify in any of that, right? You don't have a kid. You are much older, sure. you, know, you have. You are renting it. But still, the fact that you are telling me that you know you feel such a part of the CB community. So, I think yeah. Uh, big shout out to all the residents for making this such a lovely place to stay. Absolutely. And
2: I also want to add, you know, two in two examples of what I've uh, seen here, which I haven't seen anywhere else. One was at gali the home chefs that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing concept that actually everybody went down and we could buy like a street food from you know, I'm not sure if you attended that but the I have, Dalai, across
0: the country, you, you get to sample food from across the country yeah,
2: yeah and I've never seen it anywhere else in the world and of course the Dandia night that I attended, I even called my friends over uh-huh. uh, and, uh, So they also came, that was amazing
0: um, No, so swear. I did, you know and uh, that's the whole idea that you know, to, uh, we make it a home and, you know, not yeah. just a house. And uh, I'm so glad that everyone from the Mancom to the support staff from JNL and even all the residents, you know, in each and every bit come together to really make it a, you know, a very lovely place to live. Great. Absolutely. So now coming to you guys, you know, generally on most shows, I take a shot at, you know, I take a try, you know, to introduce my guests. But, you know, this is one of the few shows where I have not introduced my guests apart from the fact that you guys are globetrotters because there is so much to say. So I'm gonna start with Abhilasha first and then come to you Vijay. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and what you guys do?
2: So uh, I am a human resources professional. I've been doing this for 20, 25 years now. I specialize in learning and development. That's my first love in human resources. Mm -hmm. There are many aspects, but uh, learning and development is what I really like to do. Apart from that, I am also an NLP master trainer. And I'm also a Reiki master. Uh, oh wow! And so that's about me. And in terms of work, right now I'm heading uh, learning and development for the Everstone Group. Okay. Uh, before I left India, I was heading uh, HR for DHL India. All right. Uh, and now we moved. I mean, I moved with them to Sydney. Um, All right. Uh, well, so yeah, that's a little about what I do for a living.
0: Lovely. So you keep people in check. You make in, uh, ensure people grow and, you know, achieve their potential.
2: Absolutely.
0: Great. Vijay.
1: Excellent. So, in retail, we offer schemes, you know, ek kesad, ek free. So, here, uh-huh. what you get is you get, with one HR professional, you get another HR professional, that is me. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So, both of us are from the same uh, profession. Uh, Abhilasha has specialized more in learning and development, and I was an HR generalist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... Uh, 28 years of being around the world uh, i've been blessed to have uh, had an opportunity to work professionally in 17 different countries
0: say that again and by
1: say that again i have worked in 17 different wow. countries and that doesn't mean attending a conference it means that mm-hmm. you know you're responsible for startup of a business in say south africa so i'm responsible for the project Uh, or I have done a turnaround for a business in Russia Uh while living out of Milan. So I've covered 17 different geographies, which are as diverse from Jamaica on one side to Australia on the other side of the globe.
0: So So many stories, so many stories. And that too being in HR, I'm sure so many stories, (laughs) so many experiences. Sure. Yeah. So So, at
1: this point of time, I've come back uh, to India about, 10 months ago, and uh, I'm trying to really help people by being a life coach mm-hmm. uh, and passing on my experience uh, and maybe hopefully wisdom to help organizations and individuals become the best version of themselves. All right. So, so that's my goal and mantra in life these days.
0: Are you working with people at the very top of the Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs?
1: Well, it really depends. Uh, I... I coach people across the globe, thanks to, you know, things like Zoom and FaceTime.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, as I said, my endeavor is to work with an individual, irrespective of what level they are in a hierarchy, Mm -hmm. and help them get answers to becoming the best versions of themselves. So yes, I do coach people who are CXO uh, Mm -hmm. level people. And I also uh, support and coach people who are straight out of MBA, second job. Uh, still trying yeah. to find answers of what they want to do.
0: Aren't we all? Aren't we all? So the world, I, the world is your customer. <laughs> so yeah, how absolutely. did this happen? How does this happen? You know, you said that you both are in HR. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. I mean, you know, how did you guys meet was, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we we met at work. Oh, nice. Uh, we just, uh, we were working together with the Taj Group. That was my first job. Uh, I worked nice. for the Taj Group else for ten years. Uh, uh-huh. Straight out of uh, it was a campus selection. And uh, Vijay joined in the last three years of my 10 years. So, so he was heading uh, HR and I was heading in learning and development. And oh, that's where God. we... Really,
0: yeah. yeah. And I'm sure the Taj provided a beautiful setting for this romance. to <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there right yeah. now.
2: <laughs> that's another full
0: yeah. cool
2: interview.
0: So, you know, I, I'm going to uh, jump in You know, uh, to the other part. So, you know, you guys both met at work and uh, you said by the way let me tell you if for those who can't see none of you look like you have 28 years of work experience and they are by yes just <laughs> <clear>. <laughs>
2: great
0: so uh, you know how did it come about you know you guys met you know you, uh, you guys decided to live life as a global nomads you know what what was the story i mean you know how did it begin
1: yeah uh, let point? me have a shot at that
0: yeah
1: so Essentially what happened is that Abilasha and I, we first became best friends you know, at mm-hmm. work because we were facing uh, a number of transformation challenges that the Taj was undertaking at that time. So we became very, uh, we became confidants for each other. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I moved from the Taj and joined ShopperStop as the head of HR. And, you know, uh, we, we thought of taking this uh, friendship and converting it into something a little different. However, when we started sharing our dreams with each other, mm-hmm. we found that we had a dream in common. And the dream was that we wanted to be, uh, you know, travel around the world, not as tourists, but to experience different cultures. Mm-hmm. So my dream was to be an international manager.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: Abilasha's dream was to experience different cultures across the globe and have an opportunity to understand really, you know, for example, Uh, how do Spanish people live, Uh, what is the Italian way of life, etc. So then we said, wow, if this is something which we share in common, can we as we uh, start down the road of being married, we've been now married for about 19 years, uh, can we do something to make this happen? Mm -hmm. Then everything started falling into place. So, for example, we said, a great way to be mobile and have an international career is to maybe have a, uh, have a passport which helps you to be more, you know, globally mobile from a travel point of view. Hmm. And that's where the thinking of migrating to Australia came. Uh-huh. Uh, besides, of course, being a beautiful country and, you know, all the other benefits. You have an Australian passport, Australia. is it? Absolutely. Oh. that I've told you I have to kill you for it. But uh, <laughs> yes, we do.
2: In fact we have gone to Australia for a holiday and that's when I still remember on that trip we kind of formed up our dreams, alright let's move, let's do this uh, and sitting in the botanical gardens we took a call that yes we are moving uh, and uh, we came back and applied uh, for migration and then DHL supported me and they gave me an Asia-Pacific role uh, based out of Sydney which was really nice.
0: But I'm sure it was an unconventional choice you know the family was supportive
2: Oh, gosh. Uh, mix. <laughs> I mean, I think it was a mix. I mean, my sister, to be specific, was like, are you crazy? I mean, we were doing really well. I mean, mind you, I was Director of Human Resources for DHL India and Vijay was Senior VP for Aditya tabla Group. And uh, we had to start from the scratch, literally. Like, go back and nobody knows what, you know, uh, Aditya Barla Group is. Or my, I was very proud of my career at Taj and people didn't know what that would have been. So we had to start from the scratch. Scary. But yeah, it actually worked out. I think uh, my sister wasn't too keen. She didn't want to see me go away. But yeah, my brother was all right. But dad was fine. And yeah, you know, go ahead,
0: have fun.
1: There was a lot of opposition to, yeah. to cut a long story short. People said, you know, what weed have you been smoking? Hmm. Uh, Don't say that word these be... days,
0: huh? With all... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just to give you context uh, when my resignation became public it was front page news and economic oh. times at that time
0: wow and yeah
1: and i was interviewed by mr birla uh, and he's he asked me he said why do you want to leave you know we are 38 years i was 38 years old highly successful chro for multi companies and uh, so they said look everything is going for you why do you want to give away money recognition fame and become nobody in a different society. And here is a very interesting story which came out when Abhilasha and I were having a discussion. Uh, in a discussion of you know whether do we go to Australia or not, give up everything. If you are nothing, losing is not a big thing. If you have everything, throwing that away takes a lot of guts. So the proposition which came up in our discussion was, look, we have already peaked in our careers at the age of 38. Now, after this, you can't can't become bigger than this. Fair enough. So from 38 to 58, what will we do? We will continue to do the same stuff and more of it. This, from putting our HR and her development hat on, we said, let's go to a country where, you know, our degrees, our pedigree does not matter. Give it two years Mm -hmm. and see if we can go into a strange society and be successful in two years there. Uh If we are able to do that, it'll show us something about ourselves in terms of resilience, in terms of our own ability to manage ambiguity. And what is the downside? If we fail, it will also teach us something about ourselves. So net net, we will come out of winners from this experience. So, you know, for example, as an HR person, I might have gone to Australia, failed in HR and understood that I have a career in sales. Mm -hmm. So I might have changed my, you know, stuff because when you live in a monocultural society, like if you are in India and you stay in India, we had all the right names. So I came from XLRI, Delhi University, and these open doors. Fair enough. Like you're you're from Mayo College. If you say you're from Mayo, it gets you connections within India. If you go to Australia and you say you're from XLRI, nobody knows. So you have to really succeed on your own merit.
0: But I think that the challenge after being someone, you know, after having achieved that, you know, a lot of people, right? There's something called as the imposter syndrome that really kicks in and, you know, people want to really hold on to what they've achieved rather than, uh, you know, uh, exploring. So kudos to you and so glad to know you guys have, you know, uh, fought that, become successful once again. And uh, yeah, that's great. So now that you guys have come back, you know, two questions, right? what made you come back and in all of it what was your biggest learning in all the time that you've been away
2: mm-hmm. i think i'll take the first part of it because yeah. the reason we've come back is me uh, my family uh, just have a family situation my sister's uh, battling cancer uh, and oh, uh, sorry, so she's at uh, it's quite serious so i just wanted to be close to her Supporting her from Sydney wasn't just possible. Uh, so here at least I, I'm with her. So that was the main reason we came back. I just want to make sure that I'm with her in
0: her treatment. Can, 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 I, can I take a moment here and to also just highlight that, you know, it's like sometimes people get blinded, right? That, oh, I have all of this and, you know, yes, I have had my struggles and to leave it all. So you left it all and went there and then you left it all and came back. So I think it's a, it's a very unique situation and, you know, more power to you, yeah. all right? I mean,
2: Yeah. Yeah. We've left. I mean, absolutely. I think in my family, I lost my mom when I was a child. My sister was like, she brought me up. She's seven years older to me. So it's just us and her family, they're all men, like her husband and she has two boys. So, so I, you know, girl chat is so important when you're going through something like this. Beautiful. And when I met her the first time, yeah, when I came to see her, when I got the news and I came to see her, that's when I made a decision, I need to be here for her.
0: No, I like yeah. that you guys make the decision, follow through with it. And you know, I think ultimately family is uh, uh you know, what it uh, keeps us uh going. Yeah. So I think that's so great. I mean, it's such a strong message to everyone who's listening that you know.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you know, both of us have a shared belief, and that shared belief is that it is not important what is the designation or the title or the bank balance that you hold. Mm-hmm what people will remember you, you know, when, when you kick the bucket, the thought which will go on in people's mind is that, yeah, Keshav was a really nice guy or he was a real idiot. Mm -hmm. And that is determined by our actions. So you can be very selfish. It can always be I, me and myself, but you know, when both of us talked about this situation at home, I told Abilasha very clearly that this is, you know, time to support family and if we are not there, then what is the point of having achieved something or earned something, etc. Let's just go in there and be the support system and uh,
0: take life as it comes. Great. Uh, what has changed in the last 18 years that you were gone? And what has remained the same about Mumbai, India, you know, the place, the people? In the time that you've gone and come back,
1: that's a very interesting question. So, uh, a couple of quick uh, points on this. First, of course, it is quite obvious. Even if you come back to India every six months, there is this huge pressure of on infrastructure, vis-a-vis population.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, we come out with world-class infrastructure like a metro railway or something. Within one year, you see that the population has increased and that infrastructure itself is under pressure. Mm -hmm. So you can see our cities are crumbling. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just not able to hold the load. And that uh, impacts pollution levels, you know, water scarcity, so on and so forth. So that becomes very evident. Mm -hmm. On the positive side, what you see consistently is that people continue to have a lot of resilience. Foreigners often say that when they come to India, they're quite amazed by the fact that the poorest people are always the guys who are smiling the most.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And the Western mind cannot understand that.
0: And it's not that a typical somebody, slumdog millionaire kind of way, like genuinely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they're finding that somebody who's living on a dollar a day is so happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that is uh, the DNA of you know being Indian and being in our country. Which, which stays and remains a strength for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, Abhil would you like to add anything?
2: No, so I think uh, on the lighter side, I think what has remained the same in my mind is the amazing food. That And in fact, has got better. And I think people have become a little bit more global and international. Like, you know, earlier it was all Indian, Indian, Indian food. But now I see, uh, you know, people have expanded to, to Italian, uh, even Korean and Mexican, and even people are cooking that at home. Uh, I think my impression was before you had to go to a restaurant to eat all that, yeah. uh, but now I'm finding that people have have really uh, changed, and, and they're traveling a lot more. Uh, in my view, uh, that has also happening. That's expanded uh,
0: some of the worldview yeah. of the people as well, right?
2: Yeah, and I yeah, and I also feel that the uh, number of people who are speaking English has increased significantly. Uh, in uh, in uh, Mumbai, so sometimes I start a conversation in Hindi, pre- preempting that this person will not speak English because somehow you know the mannerism, the appearance, and I get a reply back in English, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's really nice. I didn't expect that this sweetie delivery boy will be able to speak such good uh, English, but you know, I find that that has really. Uh, people
0: have difference. upskilled themselves, and uh, the, yes. the learning and development professional in you really yes. have <laughs> to
1: At work, I found an interesting difference and I'd like to share that Uh, over the last decade or so, uh, 10 years ago, people valued the job which was given to them. I'm talking about at work. Mm -hmm. Today, having a job has kind of commoditized. So 10 years ago, if you offered somebody who was, you know, starting off in life a job, he had a sense of, or she had a sense of loyalty and wanting to prove themselves and grow up the ladder. In today's context, I've, I find that work is very transactional.
0: The lack and of that
1: Yes. And therefore, employee engagement in workplaces is relatively lower. So this is a difference which I've seen in the last 10, 12 years, where people are not willing to, to go that extra mile as they were at work Maybe 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's a factor of a number of things. One is, you know, job opportunities are more. Uh, maybe there's uh, social media influences. Look at the number of reality shows. Everybody wants to be a Karodpati. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a dance star. I
0: think everyone wants instant gratification. I think people want instant yeah. gratification, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, their social media definitely does not help with that. So. Great. Okay, so, uh, you know, we, we talked about what's changed here, uh, what's not changed here. What opportunities do you think that are so intrinsic to a global setting or to different cultures that you've been a part of that just do not exist in an Indian monocultural work environment or Indian society as general? You know, what are the opportunities for growth professionally or even personally for that matter?
1: Well, I think the uh, situation is the other way around. The opportunities that exist in India today, with uh, you know a middle class population of say 320 million people, which has the same purchasing power parity as the population of the United States, is unparalleled anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunity just because in India because of the domestic market. And you are seeing that now people with Ivy League qualifications from the US are choosing to start their careers in Bangalore Mm -hmm. rather than say, Silicon Valley. So I think that is not an issue. The second thing in our favor is our demographics. Mm -hmm. Uh, With I think 60% of the population being less than 40 years of age, nowhere else in the world, everywhere else is an aging workforce. So, the only industries of theirs which are going to do well are healthcare, nursing, and old-age homes. Got it. Whereas, you have the whole opportunity here. Um, and so, I turn it around the other way around. Uh, and India itself is not a country. It's, it has the complexity which is far greater than the complexity of the European Union. Mm-hmm. So, effectively, it is a continent and not a country. So we have our own scale, we have our consumption, we have the demographics in our favor. Uh, now, of course, you know uh, we need to do what has been started in the last three or four years: cut the red tape, reduce the bureaucracy, improve ease of doing business in in the country, which is all happening, uh, albeit at a slower pace. So I think the opportunities are really right here.
0: And that's a very very interesting perspective, you know, it's a it's a different perspective from what I generally hear. Or maybe because what I hear is on more of a personal uh, level when people talk about, you know, yeah, you know, US may or you know. I mean, are there anything that you felt that was like, you know, probably in terms of sometimes things just functioning?
2: Yeah, maybe I could give another perspective like we're just talking about opportunities but you know like what I'm seeing at work now I'm doing L&D here again in India and I was doing it in Australia. I find that um, you know there, there is a complete lack of awareness in the Indian management team. I'm generally speaking I mean there are people who are better than the others but generally I find that decision making is centralized. They, they love to micromanage. Uh, they talk a lot about fading learning, and development, but for them, that is all about attending a classroom session. Mm-hmm. But there's more to it. Uh, you know, there is more, more about decision making, decision making to a young manager than just sending him for a leadership program. You don't struggle with that much abroad. They get it. You know? Okay.
0: Here, Those are the nuances. Those are the nuances of the workplace. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that's different. Something like even fairness or mental health. Let's talk about mental health. Right? Mm-hmm. So many of us are going through. A stressful situation right. everybody is offering free counseling sessions in the organization but did my manager pick up the phone and say hey how are you doing no do I have a free session to go to yeah I'm only organizing it for the company but yeah people have that but Got it. Do, do you get not, But you expected to work the whole week so that's where the gap is overseas we don't find that your personal time is your personal time they respect to the find the fact that you want to prioritize your family over your work. They respect that about you. Here, they don't. Here it's like, oh, you're not professional if you are going to say, I have to take my child to school. Got it. You know? and, 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 that's it.
0: and I've heard that. I've heard that from my friends across the spectrum, Like, right? So I'm not even gonna debate that, right? Having seen it, having felt it. What are the things that are common? There's a common thread just because we are humans. Across the world, no matter you know, you've been in 17 countries, you know, probably like India and Russia are like our chalk and cheese, right? How would you see you know a commonality in the work position workplace of these two countries?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I I find it quite interesting because on the surface, all cultures look very different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But as you start working multiculturally, My belief is that there are more things which unite us than what divides us. Mm -hmm. And from personal experience, there are two things which I've seen which run across cultures, which if somebody can leverage, uh, that really helps in bringing out engagement and sense of purpose. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, this may surprise you. The first one may not. The first thing is recognition. Every culture is able to get discretionary effort by having a system of recognizing people for doing great work. Okay. The biggest thing which kills culture is a lack of recognition. So this is universally I found it across cultures, which works.
0: People like Second, being told when they're doing something nice. People like to be acknowledged when they've done something nice.
1: Yes. Acknowledgement is extremely important. Very often managers take good performers for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, Keshav is a good performer. He will do it. He will produce the report at 10 o'clock. And in our kind of scenario, we have forgotten to say thank you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, if if you're a part of the team and I say, Keshav, you know, you've done a great job. Thank you for producing the report on time. That's, uh, it's not done. Uh, Somehow I've lost my marbles. But the second point of commonality, which I found across cultures is having a sense of humor. Yeah. And let me illustrate this to you. The Russian sense of humor will be very different from the Japanese sense of humor and the Indian sense of humor. But you will find that the really engaged organizations and workplaces are those which allow you to leverage what we say in Australia, you know, uh, having a go, uh, having fun at work. Mm-hmm. Because if you enjoy what you're doing, it changes the perspective. So I have found that these two things run across cultures commonly to really help people step up into their game. Yeah.
0: And as a person of color, apart from Russia, you worked a lot of time in Australia. So was it you know, different there or did you face similar things?
2: I think once they know you, there is no racism, to be honest. Okay. At work, I have never had to deal with it. Uh, was it but yeah, did I I had to change my name to be honest. Ami Rasha, we couldn't say it. I was called Abby. Uh all through
0: it uh, is oh, it is a, it is a uh, bit
2: of a mouthful, so yeah, I, I like calling you Abby yeah. as well. I know why which i also called Abby only now. In fact I was like, Yeah, it's not a bad choice. But to that extent yes, because if you if you're looking for a new job and you send your resume and they don't understand your name, they wouldn't call you. Uh, now that, in a way, is racism. At least for Australians, it is racism. But
0: it is. So it is, it is mean, fair. It's a small thing. But you know, when you come and talk about it. they very particular
2: about it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, so, I had to call... They all call me Abby. Uh, you know, and that is was one change that I had to do to adjust uh, to, to them, uh, I would say. Uh, apart from that, Vijay, you, you have
0: some interesting. Yeah.
1: In I, I would put it this way. Racism exists in every society. In Australia, it was very subtle. Um, you know, we come from a country in India, which is deeply racist. You, yeah, you I see think it's
0: important to highlight that, you know, we can say, oh, we are brown yeah. people and the world is against us." I think back home, we're all, you know, we, Abs- we have absolutely. our own set of uh, discriminations uh, across Correctly. the world every day.
1: Yeah, we are fairly advanced in the school of racism if you look at other countries so, so
2: let me share an example with you. this is a crazy example i just took a minute to i was interviewing in dhl uh, it's a panel interview i'm you in know on the panel and i have two other managers we in, were, australia. in australia uh, in australia dhl and we were looking and we were doing an indian guy uh, and he was doing really well in the interview we were, it was a difficult position to close and we were about i was feeling so happy that yes we found the person the interview went out very well and at the end this guy decides to ask so you know you ask, Do you have any questions? You know, we're done anything from him. and he asked me, Yes. And he looks at me and in Hindi he asked me, hai, a Brahman hai No way.
0: And I
2: froze for a minute. And I had two guras sitting next to me and they were looking at me with smile. They had no clue what's going on. And uh, and I said, uh, yeah, and I replied to him in Hindi that yeah, my you know, I'm married to Vijay Kasha, that's my uh, married name. You know, he went on asking me personal questions. So, uh, then I moved to India uh, said, let's, let's not talk personal questions, but do you have any questions for the organization? And he said, no, no, I'm fine. All right, thank you. Like, uh, what was I supposed to do? I mean, that was such a bizarre example. I, it just stayed with me uh, that that's, yeah. <laughs> talking about Indian being racist, I don't know what he was trying to achieve here.
1: And I'll give you a, an example <laughs> of Aussie racism, which I experienced. As I said, Aussie racism is very subtle so what would happen is in the early years when i would uh, go to an hr uh, seminar and you know the, the standard thing before it is that you exchange business cards so i would give my business card you would give yours
0: yeah. so
1: i noticed that i would give my business card to a local australian which means white and he would say you know sorry i'm out of i'm out of cards mate
0: which is very uh, standard at a networking event or at a conference
1: correct correct And I would turn around and I'm talking then to somebody else. And I would notice the same person take out a card and give it to another person. Which meant he didn't want to give me his business card. So as a, as a person who's played a lot of sport while growing up and I have that, you know, fighter instinct, I was very happy. And I'm very happy to share that, that after five years of being in Australia, when we went on our first international assignment, I was shortlisted as the Australian HR Director of the Year and was one of the two senior most uh, HR people in Australia of Indian origin. Okay. But I started from a position where people were not able to relate to the fact that how is a brown guy talking strategy? Mm -hmm. A brown guy in HR should be discussing payroll, accounting, Mm -hmm. and you know that kind of stuff. He, how can he be talking yeah. strategy? Yeah. But as uh, Abby said, once they know you, they're mm-hmm. lovely people. Uh, all this uh, overt uh, racism comes from an ignorance factor. So once right. they get to know you, they are really fun people, good sense of humor. They make fun about themselves. They make fun about others. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great society to be. Great. Very uncomplicated.
0: Interesting, very interesting. So, you know, I mean, uh, I want to touch on the other side, you know, all this is great. You guys have had lovely careers in India, abroad, you know, travel the world, led great organizations, achieved a lot, right? I'm sure it was like not all hunky-dory, right? There must have been some bumps along the way. I mean, you know, I going to say like if people, I say this, you know, if you want to be jealous of me, you have to be jealous of the entire me and not only of the highlights, Right? So, so it's always important to bring the non-social media side. So I just want to touch that very quickly.
1: Okay. So I think I can share uh, that with, with, a, with a small story, which is absolutely true. Because the message which I'd like to share with our listeners is everybody trains us and expects success, but nobody trains us in our societies to deal with failure. mm mm-hmm. So I have had the opportunity of you know, being very successful at a very young age and then everything crashing. Okay. Uh, at the age of 18, before 18, I was in a very good school. I went to St. Columbus. I was an all-rounder, played cricket, hockey, football, debating, got a scholarship to represent India overseas. And I was then thereafter going to London School of Economics or Cornell, and I had a road accident in India so when i had the road accident i lost my sense of smell completely and it made me lose an academic year because uh, it was oh. you know, i was in coma for 9 days really so so at the age of 18 from being a very successful young man i became somebody who had failed you know and the stigma of losing a year was used to be huge in those times and i saw the ugly side of classmates and batchmates because You know, their envy and jealousy, which was not coming out when I was on top, started coming out when they saw me struggling. Mm -hmm. And uh, for an 18-year-old kid to experience that, it was very traumatic. Uh, But it gave me great insights and learnings on, on my own self that it is not important you will always be hit. What is important is not to prevent yourself from being hit, but your ability to get up after you have been hit, which determines whether you're going to be successful in the long run. So doctors had told me that I could not be in any competitive exam. I couldn't, you know, that I should use family influences just to get a safe job. But I fought back. Uh, I worked harder. And eventually I cracked uh, uh, all my MBA exams, went to Excel and held very high stress jobs for about 25 years. Wow. Uh, proving all the neurosurgeons wrong that after an accident of this sort, uh, Vijay will not be able to be in a competitive stream.
0: So from from being told <laughs> off to find, use family influence to find a job to, you know, going all the way up uh, in India, then moving out, re- uh, doing it from scratch. So you've not only beaten them once, but twice. And now you're in the third innings. Right? Mm. So, Great. Uh now we move to the slightly fun part. You know, today was a little heavy session in terms of very interesting stories, but uh right. So we move to the rapid fire round. Okay. First floor, what's better? Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. I haven't
2: really seen too many sunrises. I'm not awake. Quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely
0: sunset. <laughs> and if you have a different view with that, please uh, feel free to add. No, no, sunrise. Okay. Sun, uh
1: sun- Sunrise, I'm feeling water. So I don't see the sunrise.
0: <laughs> okay. That's my next question. So 41st floor, which is the topmost floor in our tower, with the current water situation, or would you be happier with the fourth or the 14th floor without those magical sunsets?
2: No, I'll, I'll prefer 41st floor. Yeah,
0: because the is it. the water in the morning. So you'll prefer the 41st yeah. floor. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, happy. <Abby. laughs> Mountains or beaches? Beaches,
2: sorry.
0: Mountains. <laughs> All right. Okay. Mumbai monsoons or London rains? Mumbai
1: monsoons, London rains are very very cold, mm. and the weather becomes miserable. So definitely yeah, I, Mumbai
0: monsoons. Mumbai monsoons are also actually quite fun. You know, it's not the miserable, uh, uh, gloomy rains here. Yeah, <laughs> disagree. She's <laughs> <No>. like, <laughs> okay. As long as you see them from the forty-first
2: floor uh, the balcony, they're great.
0: Yeah, but not having to take the lower parallel bridge and waiting one and a half hours, yeah. for four kilometers. Fair enough. Sneakers or heels?
2: Heels.
1: Sneakers. <laughs> that
0: was <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay.
0: So if you if you were to become a parent, what would you prefer? A pet parent or a plant parent? A plant parent. Abby? Parent. Okay. okay, cat or dog? <laughs> dog? Dog. Dog. Okay. You know, if you could have one of the celebs as your best friend, who would it be? And I know whether you have a very interesting answer to this. <laughs> For me, uh,
2: it'll
0: be uh, Daniel Craig. Oh. oh.
1: Interestingly, my childhood friend was Shahrukh Khan. We both uh, grew up together. So that's, it's not a fictional question. Uh, whether we're in the same circles now is a different, different issue. But we grew up as BFFs.
0: All right, so you already have a film, uh, best friend. If a movie was made on your life, who should play it apart from Shahrukh Khan because you know him?
2: For me, it'll be either Priyanka Chopra or Sushmita Sen. Oh, lovely. I mean, mainly because I love yeah. what Priyanka has done to her career. She's, you know, made global and on her own. kind of
0: like you, know? too, right? She, she achieved in, bo- uh, in Bollywood and then yeah. left it all in Bollywood.
2: Yeah, and I've seen her being abroad. We had preview to all her interviews on international media and she really is doing really well for herself.
0: Vijay, what about you?
1: For me, it'd be George Clooney.
0: And not Daniel uh, Craig?
1: No, George Clooney <laughs> because we share the same sense of humor.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, in all your in all your travels and all your stays across the world, what's the strangest thing have you guys eaten?
2: Australia, crocodile. I had a Whoa. crocodile pizza. Yeah, and uh, Europe uh, there was octopus, which I didn't like, uh, and boar meat. Where did we have that in uh, Italy? Yeah. In somewhere in Italy. Interesting. But, yeah, that's. What yeah.
1: For me, I was served monkey brain in China, and I uh, kind of puked, so I wasn't able to eat it. Mm. <laughs>
0: um, I think I have puked in my mouth a little. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Like, so uh, after that, I think I don't know if, uh, if I should continue. I think we should just end the show, man. I mean, like, where do we take it from here? It look <laughs> like, I was gonna ask you your bucket list item, but I think. Does that even make sense? We'll move something else. Okay. One lockdown discovery that you have discovered about yourself and your partner. A
2: partner. Uh, for partner, I can say that I discovered that Vijay cuts very good bindi. He's learned huh. the art. He does it systematically. so systematically. He'll roll them up together on the board and then chop them one by one. And amazing! It's good fun to see him chop that. Uh-huh. So yeah, he's great at, bindi. at chopping
0: bindis. Okay. Yeah. And what about yourself?
2: I hate staying at
0: home. That's what I discovered about myself, I think. What about you
1: Vijay? I think, uh, you know, this combination of both of us being in HR and knowing each other, there were no surprises. We both know each other very well, so mm-hmm. there's nothing new which I discovered, either about myself or her.
0: Uh, okay. okay.
2: perfect. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Yeah.
0: We did not realize that she, her sense of covering every inch of the house when she mobs is really yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, the attention to detail is uh, outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said you don't like to be at home, what's the one place you're dying to go to like you know as soon as it opens, it doesn't have to be outside, just maybe it could be a meal somewhere in Bombay but one place that you're dying to get back to? Would, I, the only place I can
2: think of is the Italy, Milan, I would just
0: take a flight at Lake Como, one of those places. Uh-huh. Le- Lake Como. Fantastic, fantastic. Yes Mr. Clooney, you can go back to your villa.
1: Absolutely
0: a lot of part of your career was with the Campari, right, the Campari group, right? So, you know how everything, you know, we have a, and I know you don't drink now, okay, but uh, uh, we have our own way of experimenting with our cocktails or our drinks, right? And while you were with Campari, and I'm sure there's a way, you know, there was there been something that you really like to drink it in a way that would have been scoffed at by all your colleagues and you never brought it up in front of them. You know, that's a drink with Campari you probably made at home. Right, how some people like say bastardized scotch with a uh, beer.
1: My uh, drink of choice was an Aperol Spritz. I like that. Which That's is it. the. Yeah, which is a, no, a yeah, I
2: can correct you here. You're asking the wrong question. He's actually never, he's not into alcohol at all. Which he was totally not into alcohol initially. It was only in Kampari that he kind of started experimenting.
0: Mm. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs>
2: yeah, so. <laughs>
0: So they they knew they could leave fun. they could leave the offices open with you around and you know the booze. Will be yeah. open. His
2: office had a bar. Uh, his reception in Kampari, Australia, was a bar. You at after six o'clock, you could just go and have a drink, make yourself a drink, and have it. And so could visitors. So where was I? And my ah. friends. <laughs> 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 Finish
0: with on that note. Uh, uh, if you were at the bar on that Kampari bar or in General other bar, you know, say, say something in an Australian accent for our listeners.
1: Good I, mate? Chuck some snacks on a
0: barbie. (laughs) 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 Australians on the the barbecue. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, great. So, you know, with that, we come to the end of our rapid fire. You, you know, have been very honest. Just (laughs) thank you so much for doing this, you know, and uh, it's been a fun chat. A good uh, way to look into other cultures, other, uh, you know, uh, places through your eyes. And thank you so much for sharing those experiences with us, both of you coming together and doing this. Uh, thank you so much.
2: Thank, thank you, Kesha. It was a pleasure talking to you. And Keshav.
1: it's a great initiative which you're doing, so keep up the good work, Kesha. Thank
0: Take you. Care. Thank you so much. Bye.
1: Bye bye.